0: Hi, I'm Brandon
1: and I'm Megan
0: for years. We were stuck in a rut always complaining that nothing ever changed for us
1: And then we realized if we wanted to improve our lives We had to put in the work
0: each week on this podcast We'll get into an aspect of personal growth relationships or just life
1: through our own experiences and guest interviews We hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes
0: Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the fools and love podcast, podcast. Hey, what's up, y'all? Today, we are so pumped to have Trent Shelton on the Fools in Love podcast. Trent is a former NFL wide receiver that is now considered one of the most powerful and impactful speakers of this generation. He reaches over 60 million people weekly through hard-hitting videos that speak the truth. Trent is also author of The Greatest You and actually hosts his own podcast called Straight Up. Trent, welcome, my friend. Thank you so much for being on.
2: How you doing, Brandon? Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so before we get started, I wondered if you could give our audience just an intro to your story and kind of what's led you on this journey.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, Kind of the shortened version of it would be, you know, I mean, football was who I've been for the last 25 years of my life. I started when I was maybe five years old, six years old in Louisiana, and uh, it just was it. I had two older brothers. I really didn't have a choice. I mean, I loved the game. I love sports and always just trying to keep up with them. So that's kind of been my identity, and um, I ended up being pretty good at it. You know, I owe a lot to my brothers. You know, being four years older and eight years older than me, uh, just they helped me develop. You know, so quickly and ended up being one of the top football players in Texas uh, during high school. And I came out and got a scholarship to Baylor, and um, you know everything went well. You know, uh, all Big Twelve uh, my senior year, and you know things were looking bright. Uh, thought I would be a fourth, you know, fifth round draft pick. And uh, that's kind of when, you know, I would say the start of my journey of like, because a lot of people, you know, wonder where like, why I talk about self-worth so much and everything? I think that was the start of my journey where, you know, I started to doubt myself or I I was really challenged, I would say, like really challenged in my life for the first time because I didn't get drafted and it was a tough process for me. You know, you have all your friends and your family, you know, thinking you're going to get your name called, you know, second day for me at that time, I didn't expect to go first or third round at least fourth and at least six, you know, whatever, seven, I uh, ended up being a high priority free agent and I couldn't have went to a better team. I, mean, I went to Indianapolis Colts right there when the Super Bowl. you know, you have coach Dungy, uh, Tony Dungy as the head coach, you know, Peyton, all these guys, Reggie Wayne. And, you know, it's guys that obviously I looked up to growing up. So it was cool to be around, you know, great leaders and, and people who, uh, they really taught me a lot just as far as work ethic and being there, man. Um, preseason went well and I actually one of the best preseasons that year for a rookie I was here I think I was number one in the lead for a rookie uh, going into like the fourth game in the fourth game they, they did something weird which I now know what it was and it's, I'll talk about this in my book they actually uh, they, they call it kind of hiding you so if they want to develop you as a player you know and um, they, they don't want your stats to be too great because if they release you then another team that might have wanted you would claim you off the of waivers and so um, they kind of set me the, the fourth third to fourth game. I uh, ended up signing with the practice squad and it's just kind of where my, like, really nightmare started because, you know, I, I went ahead and bought a car, you know, I'm thinking, like, I didn't understand the business part, so I'm thinking I'm going to be up there for the whole year. Two weeks into the season, I get released and cut. And uh, this is after they told me, like, hey, you know, we're going to keep you up here, we're going to mold you, you're going to be playing active roster here probably in three weeks. End up getting cut, and uh, so uh, I drive to Texas and that's just kind of that was my whole career. I mean, you know, I was at home for maybe a week. Then I would go back to Indianapolis, and I would get cut, you know, four weeks later, and I'd go back to Indianapolis. And then after the season, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, I had a year to develop. They love me. Didn't happen. They gave me a call and said, we're going to go a n- different route, and went to Seattle and Washington the next over the next two years. And, you know, that was my where my down uh, – I would say my spiral downward started. And instead of me running towards my pain, right, I ran from it. Instead of me facing my reality – I ran from my reality and, um, you know, two situations changed my life to, that led me to rehab time. You know, one was Tristan, uh, the birth of my son and Tristan made me m- become a, a man. Um, cause at that time I was living very, you know, boyish. And Tristan made me look at myself and say, Hey, you have a son, follow your footsteps. I mean, parents know this, or any type of leader knows this like, Hey, he's going to follow your footsteps regardless. Or this person's going to follow your footsteps. What type of life are you leading? And so he made me get that that right, and that led me to rehab in my own life. And so uh, when I say rehab time, it wasn't for to be, it wasn't to start be a speaker. It wasn't to, you know, make videos. Like I'm an introverted person by nature. I mean, anybody even knows me today. If you ask my parents, they would tell you I would be the least of the three boys that they ever would think would be a speaker. Like <laughs> it trips them out to this day. And you know, the second situation that happened. Um, as rehab time had started. So rehab time was for me. So that was mind, body, and soul putting strength back into a weakness. That's what I consider rehab. You know, so I went to I was going to the gym, getting to my word, reading books. I wasn't even into personal development. Like I had no idea. You said first personal development person was John Maxwell. For me, I had no idea who any of these people were at all. You know, music, hip hop music pretty much was my my mentor, my personal development at that time. And uh, the second situation that really ha- that happened that really like changed everything for me. It was 2011. Um, one of my best friends, my college roommates committed suicide. And that moment changed everything for me, you know, going to his service and realizing, you know, people are dealing with mental health. And that was, and I've lost people, but I've never lost a person close to my life like that. And it was my promise to him at his service that I would live the rest of my life, like serving and helping people, being there for people, sharing my story and just being a voice. And that you know, started the rehab time journey that everybody knows today.
0: Uh, that's incredible, man. I, I, I always love hearing your story. And I mean, there's there's similarities in all of it, right? So like for me, I've heard you talk before about like being, being in the NFL and thinking the NFL was like the mountaintop, you yeah. know, where you came from. It was like, if you got to the NFL, man, you were set. Like that's where you needed to be. And for me personally, like, obviously I was never in the NFL, but I'm able to identify with you because I got to a place that by the world's standards, it was everything that, that I was supposed to do. Like I had the beautiful wife. I was, I had my own company, you know, I had my kids, I had a house. I, you know, I did, I did everything that I should have done to be happy. And guess what? You know, I wasn't happy. And so it's amazing to kind of hear the parallels between the story because it, I, I know how, you can fall into the dark place, even as like in the world looks at you like you're in a place that you should be. And from the outside looking in, it looks great. But they, from the inside looking out, it's not not so good.
2: <laughs> no, you're exactly right, Brandon. I feel like, you know, the world has this checklist that they put on, you know, fulfillment. And you think this checklist, like you said, involves all these external things like money, success, fame, and, you know, status and all those things. And Like those things bring temporary happiness, you know, like obviously, you know, if you are able to get a car, you're going to be temporarily happy, you know, if you're able to, you know, have some money in your account. But the thing, the thing I like to explain to people is like anything, like once you get it and you get used to it, what's still there are the insecurities in your life, right? And now they're probably magnified because now you're on a pedestal or a platform where you feel like, oh, I have to, you know, I can't really talk about these things. So now you're suppressing it which leads to depression. So um, I'm blessed to be able to go through my NFL experience because I know it prepared me for now. Like I know like where I'm at now, like what's really important, what's really going to matter. So you're, I mean, you're exactly right. You know, then we put a checklist on it or we allow society to give us a checklist on what happiness and fulfillment is.
1: Yeah. I love that about how the, the hard things that we go through in life can sometimes prepare us for exactly where we are right the second. And we didn't know that then, but it sure comes for a full circle later. Absolutely. All right. So you briefly mentioned rehabbing and I know you kind of said like my body soul. Can you just talk just a little bit more about what it really means if someone's ready to rehab their life?
2: Yeah. So, you know, the word rehab for years has got like this negative kind of connotation with it. You know, people think oh drugs and alcohol, but if we're honest, you know, it might be that for you, but if we're honest, we all have something we can rehab. And I like to look at it, you know, as putting a strength back into a weakness and the whole mindset for me came from sports. Like it didn't come from necessarily drugs and alcohol addictions. It came from sports because, you know, if you ever, and not even just sports, but if you ever got hurt before doing anything, you know, you have to go through a rehab process and rehab is a journey. And usually that journey is tough. It's hard. There are so many steps in the journey. And, um, I say, you know what, this is like, this is life. Like we all have something that we want to bounce back from, whether it's a mistake that we made or whether we want to grow in a certain area. And so rehab is just like, you know that putting that strength back into your weakness, and I have a process that ties into it, which is the three R's. You know, it's it's facing your reality. So, a lot of times we don't face the reality that we're hurt, or that we're in this position, or this is over with, and we keep hanging on to it. So we try we try to win our war by running from our battle, which will never happen. And so then the second part is release. Like you have to release the things in your life. And so if I'm in the re- if I'm trying to be an athlete, trying to get back, you know, I have to release certain things that are, that are, you know, hurting me. Like I have to change certain habits or I have to do certain things or I have to sit down and it teaches you patience. You know, um, there's plenty of times in sports where I mean, I can count probably 10 times with me where I've hurt myself and I'm like, okay, you got to sit out for three weeks, four weeks. And I'm like, nah, I'm coming back in two. And I come back in two and what happens? I hurt myself even more. So it really teaches you patience and to let go of certain things, whether it's a mindset, whether it's, know, in life, whether it's people, whether it's your environment, then the last part is repair and the repair process is, uh, you know, it's hard, but it's digging up those bad seeds. It's getting down to the root issues in your life that because if you don't get down to the root issues, those problems will find its way back to the surface. And um, that's an everyday thing for me, by the way. You know, I always go through that checklist in different areas of my life. Okay, reality release repair every single day. And yeah, it, it really it really has helped strengthen my life.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And actually that was the next question I had. I mean, we we talk about the pain and how people run away from their pain. But like you were able to identify and set these steps, like you said, the three R's, you're able to set these steps in place where now not only are you taking your pain and using it as a strength, you're actually using it to ultimately help millions of people, which is just incredible. But why do you feel like you were able to do that? But others just stay stuck in their pain? Cause it seems like so often we get into this downward cycle, like you were in and you were able to turn it around, but we've talked to so many people who just get stuck at that pain point and can't seem to move past it. Why do you think that is?
2: You know, for me at a point where I couldn't move past it, it was, there were a lot of factors, you know, one was, you know, I didn't want something to be over. And so like I was in denial. I think we go through a phase of denial. Like for me, you know, with football, like, I was hanging on to it even when I didn't love it no more because my identity, my significance, everything about my life was wrapped up inside of it. And so I was telling myself that, you know, there's no, there's nothing better in the future for me. So if you're telling yourself there's nothing better in the future for you, or there's nothing good coming out of this situation, then you're never going to move forward towards it. And so it took me having a perspective shift. And the thing I love to talk about with perspective is you have a choice. Either it can be your power, or it can be your prison. And so in that moment, for me i was like i can sink or i can swim you know nothing is going to change like i can guarantee myself nothing's going to change if i don't try to change you know even if i try to change i might not can guarantee something better is going to happen but i know for a fact staying here nothing good is coming out of it. so do i, I want to live the rest of my life unhappy and you hit the nail on the head the thing that you start to realize because my healing process you know obviously it took me uh facing my reality but the really the the real healing process for me was realizing that my pain had a purpose because my past pain became other people's future strength. And I started to realize sharing my story, like, oh, there was a reason I went through this. There was a bigger purpose I went through this. And so then you start to look at pain different. Um, and there's always a bigger purpose than what you probably think when you're going through something in your life. And I think people don't really understand it or see that, and they don't want to move past that. So... You know, you don't want to you don't want to kill your future by telling yourself what it's not going to be, because if you tell yourself what it's not going to be, you're never going to go explore you know a greater version of yourself.
1: That is awesome, because it took me so long in my stupid 34 years to just like figure that out, like figure out that I was actually in control and that I had the power to change my perspective. And like you said, that perspective shift. So love listening to that part. Uh, we saw you speak at Rise Business last year. And we were so impressed, not only by what you taught, but just your energy and absolute fire you brought. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. And one of the things you spoke about was having this championship mindset. And I just wondered if you could walk our listeners through what that champion mindset really is, because we loved that at the Rise Business Conference.
2: Yeah. I'm glad you love it, man. Cause that's like, uh, that was like uh, when I spoke at rise business, I was like, man, what do I want to talk about. And, you know, cause I don't mind speaking about business and stuff, obviously, but you know, I'm a, I'm a self-worth guy. So it's like, what do I want to talk about. And I was like, you know what championship mindset? Cause it applies to like everything, like whether you're in business or whether you're not in business. And I developed this, you know, one of the, i don't know if i talked about this on stage but one of the people that really helped me develop it was seeing guys like a paid manning or seeing guys like my father i just started to look at champions right in different areas of my life that i've been around um I always like to say high level people and high level people doesn't mean that you have to have some high level status in the world it's just people live at a high level and i realized these five traits and as an athlete you know cham- the championship is like the Mecca for your life. Like everybody wants to win a championship. And I think we all have championships in our life, whatever it might be a health journey. It might be, you know, a business championship. It might be a family championship, you know, all those championships together. And so when I started to study my life and other people's lives, I realized that it was five traits that, you know, every champion had. And those five traits, um, I know I developed this back in 2012 and everybody always stuck on championship mindset. So those five traits are number one is commitment. And I'll kind of give a brief version of this, but you know, commitment is, you know, staying loyal to what you said you're going to do long after what you said has left you. You I like to say it like this, you know, when it gets real, you're going to see if it's real for you because you know, a lot of times we say we have commitment and it's easy to stay committed when things are easy. You know it's easy to stay committed when everything is going right, but when things are going wrong, are you still going to stay committed? I mean, you look at you know sports talk like the Patriots versus the Falcons. You know, getting beat twenty eight to three, most people turn the TV. Off. I not know. I turned the TV off. Probably people wow. counted them out. <laughs> but Tom Brady and his team, you know, still were committed because they had a they had a mindset that we're going to stay committed to this. And inconvenience exposes commitment. Commitment. You know, when you lose or when you're losing, should I say, exposes commitment. And a lot of people don't really have that muscle of commitment. And commitment is wrapped around emotional resilience. You know, one of my, I feel like my greatest traits is being able to be emotional resilient. And that just simply means that when certain emotions come up, you know, negative emotions, I'm still able to push through. And if you're being controlled by your emotions, then you will live a very up and down roller coaster life. And so uh, commitment is number one. Uh, number two is discipline. And discipline is, I mean, most people know what that is. It's just getting good at saying no to the things that don't get you a yes. So, if it's not leading you to where you want to go, you got to let it go. You know, whether that's your own habits, whether that's certain people you're around, um, if it's not serving you, if it's not serving your future, it's not serving your life, you know, let it go. Um, the third um, trait is consistency. And, um, you know, I'm really big on consistency. And everybody loves when I say this with consistency because you know, everybody says they have a consistency problem. And um, consistency is just showing up regardless. You know, regardless, you're showing up day in and day out. People always ask, like, how did you get to the place where you're at? How did you. You know, and I was like, for the last decade, which most people don't know, for the last decade, I just been consistent, been consistent in living my purpose, been consistent in growing my life, uh, been consistent in trying to meet the greatest version of myself. And the thing that I love to tell people is, um, you don't have a consistency problem, because I used to use that excuse, like, I'm just not consistent at that. What it really is, is you're just, you don't just, you don't care enough about that thing. So most of us have work jobs that we hate, but we show up every single day. A lot of us that went to school um, that we didn't like, you know, for 12 years, 15 years, whatever. And you ask yourself, like, why did I do that? Why was I consistent at things that I hated? Because you understood what happened if you didn't show up. And so my whole mindset flipped with that like two years ago. I was like, man, like, if I can be consistent at things that I hate, why can I be consistent at something that I say that I love? And so I had to realize, like, it really didn't mean that much to me. And so when you understand what you're losing by not showing up every single day, even if you're not in that arena, so you might say, "Well, you know, I have a dream, and you know, this is where forward thinking comes in play. You know, I have a dream. I want to be this. I want to be that. And you might not know because you're not actually in it, which you're losing. But you're you're losing a lot if you're not showing up because you might not ever meet that person. You might not ever turn that vision to reality. And there might be so many people. And I, I I get chills thinking about this in my life. Like, what if I never was consistent? and actually becoming a greater version of myself, there would be so many people that wouldn't be affected by rehab time. So you don't have a, a consistency problem. You have a commitment problem. Fourth thing is faith. And faith is simply understanding that the only impossibilities that exist are the ones you create. Uh, faith is being able to see the unseen, obviously. Faith is being a visionary. Faith is seeing yourself. You know, that that's what this whole, you know, life is about when we have dreams. Dreams is nothing but closing the gap between your vision and your reality. That's it. And so you put in the work. And that work takes faith because, you know, it's like the gardener's mindset, you know, people who plant, you know, my tell the story of my grandfather, trust in the process. As a gardener, you gotta, you have to know that you, by planting the right seed and the right soil and, you know, the right environment, which I had to figure this out because I did a terrible job in my house and my wife, we had to hire people. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get like man brownie points. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I did a terrible job. And I realized like, that you know it's a process obviously and my grandpa taught me this with his form back in the day it's just like you have to know that something is taking place even when you can't see it taking place you got to know growth is taking place even when you can't see it growing and um that comes in hand with your life like you have to know if i'm doing the right things even though i can't see it i know that one day that flower right that dream is going to become a reality all these things are going to happen so that's what faith is the fifth thing is heart and heart is simply um you know, Muhammad Ali has a quote and his quote is, you know, suffer now and spend the rest of your life as a champion. And, you know, there's so many tactics you can place, you know, and do and so many mantras you can tell yourself, you know, you can be perfectly prepared for everything, but sometimes everything goes out the window and you just got to show up with heart. And it's about having that marathon mindset, finding that reason, that real why that that's going to keep you pushing through all those hard times and obstacles. So it's like a brief version of, you know, what championship mindset is all about.
0: Yeah, it's 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 amazing to hear you talk about that because I've I've heard you talk about it before We live by a by a similar mantra, but it's really just doing it anyway It's doing it anyway, even when you don't want to and I think most of the time We look at people like yourself or like anyone else that we admire And I got stuck in this for a long time Like I would look at someone like you and say you have something special You have a special gene that I just don't have like you have something that I I can't ever get and it's you know that growth versus fixed mindset like you're just the way you are and I've learned over time that no that's not really the case you're just putting in the work you're staying consistent and just like you said you're closing that gap on your dreams between vision and reality and my question really is for the people who are having trouble because someone could hear what you just said and and I find it amazing can identify but if they're having trouble breaking their current mindset is there a way that they can start on the path toward this championship
2: mindset that you're talking about? Absolutely. I think one of the best things that you can do is prove yourself wrong, right? And this is something that I did. Um, even even to this day, when the word can't comes into my mind, I challenge it. Like the other day, um, I'm training for a half marathon, and the other dad went out there and was like, man, I, I cannot run this pace. And I, as soon as I said that, I said, nope. I said, we're gonna see, we're gonna figure it out. I'm gonna give my all. If I can't do it, then cool. Guess what? I can come back tomorrow. And make a long story short, I beat my pace by 20 seconds. You know, it just shows you how many limitations we set on our own mindset. So the thing I would tell the person listening is to go prove yourself wrong. And this is how it works. If your perspective is your prison, if you're a person listening, it's okay because we've all been there. Um, And even at times in my life, my perspective is my prison still at times. But if your perspective is your prison, if you're thinking like easier said than done or, you know, you have some super trait that I don't have, which is not true. Um, I want you to challenge yourself, right? So I want you to think about something that you've never done before. And I always like to say fitness because fitness is an easy variable that's controllable. Um, so if you say, hey, I've never ran a 5K or I've never freaking ran a lap around a track or whatever, walk them mile and I can't do it. I want you to go challenge yourself because the more that you prove that it's possible, the more that you prove yourself uh, wrong, the more of that possibility mindset, is what I like to call it, starts to build into your life. And as you do this over time, you get to a place from where you go like, oh, this is impossible. This is impossible. And you move to a place in this timeline where you get to like, what's impossible? Like ain't nothing impossible. The only possibilities that exist are the ones I create. And so every single week, I'm always trying to find things that I've never done before to go challenge myself, even with my team. My whole team is running um, this race with me. Like, I let them choose. I was like, what's something you never ran before? Some people said 5K, 10K. You know, some people said half marathon. And we're all doing this. And the reason being is because of that. Like, I want to be able to come to my team with impossible, insane goals. And if they've never done anything in their life that seemed impossible and they actually accomplished it, when I bring them goals and tasks like that, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? But as they start to do things and can think back like, oh, I never did a 5K, but I did it. And you build that possibility mindset. So that's the thing that I would tell people, like, whatever is in your control, go do it, go challenge yourself. And even if you don't accomplish it in the way you want to, just know you're further along the journey by starting. You can always come back. And like, that was my like, whole life, even when it came to speaking. Like, I wasn't a natural speaker. Like I said, I was an introverted spe- public speaking. Like most people was my biggest fear. But I had that first thing. If, you, if people listening to this have a chance, go watch my video on YouTube. It's called uh, Why, uh, Why Not Me? And literally, like I'm sitting on a mountain talking about this process. And the process for me was like, uh, I started off with, I can't do this, right? The negative mindset. And then I was like, okay, let me just try it. Then I went and said, let me try to do this. That was the second phase. And so, you know, I'm trying to be a speaker. I'm trying to record videos. And then I built a little confidence in me. It's like, okay. Then it's like, I'm actually doing this. And so that built a little confidence and I'm having this championship mindset. I'm staying consistent. And over time it went from, you know, I'm doing this to like, man, like I'm actually, you know, pretty good at this. And then as you keep going, you get from that to like, I'm doing more than what I thought I could do. Like I never thought I could go out the country and speak. I never thought I would be on certain stages. And then you get to the point where it's like, man, like what can't I do? And you realize that you've been living in this limit, limited mindset for your whole entire life. Your greatest opponent is you. And so that's the timeline that I feel like will change your life. But the thing about it, you have to be patient. A lot of us don't want to have patience. We hear our idea today and we expect to be fully confident tomorrow. And confidence is a journey. Progression is an ugly road that leads to a beautiful place. So just stay the course.
0: Yeah, I love that. Like that's, that's been our journey too, Trent. I love the tie into the fitness because we we were the same way. Like we, I always tell our listeners and they've heard it before, but like, I I literally sat on the couch for nine years expecting my life to just change and I wouldn't do anything. And I did get like, I had knee surgery and I thought that because of that, I limited myself that I couldn't do it, that it was impossible. So why even try? And then My beautiful wife to my left here started running and started showing me day after day her commitment to running. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm going to go out there and try it and prove myself wrong, just like you said. And I was like, do you think I can get to a 5K? Within a week, I was to a 5K. Within six weeks, I was running a half marathon with her. (laughs) So it's all about, (laughs) and it's amazing, like you said, because I know our listeners will hear it but it's like the thing I always challenge people with is exactly what you said. Go out there and prove yourself wrong because in those moments, like I've drawn from running that half marathon so many times, like I go back to that over and over. Like when I'm trying to do something, I'm like, I can't do this thing at work. Like I ran a half marathon. Of course I can do this thing at work. So it's just amazing to hear. And I love the tie in there as well.
2: Man, that is perfect. That is, I mean, that is so perfect. Like, that's, I love that you just said that Like you all, like you have that muscle. Now you always can. It's, it's called leverage. Right. You always can go back to that point. It's like, man, I did a half marathon like this ain't nothing, you know. And so the more you have those in your life that you can go, you know, have in your like your piggy bank, uh, the best I mean, it just works out better for you. So, I mean, that's exactly 100 percent right.
1: Okay. So I know we got to go soon, but I do have another question for you because I just have to know. So one of the reasons we love following your journey is that you just aren't afraid to give God the credit and speak openly about your faith. Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts on where God, our callings and hard work kind of all intersect?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, God, I mean, I don't even feel like I know for my life personally, like God is everything. Um, you know, I, I just and that's tough because, you know, when it comes to, you know, dreams and visions and and uh you know callings and you know I have a my own take on purpose and what I feel like purpose is, you know. And um I feel like a lot of times in life it takes letting go of what you want to do. Now sometimes it, it goes hand in hand for people. Sometimes what God created you to do is what you wanna do. You know, great for those people that have it like that, but for most people you have to let go of what you want to do and grab a hold on what you what God has called you to do and i like to tell people like it's scary sometimes like like obviously like i didn't i knew this was the calling for my life because you know even in the midst of fear uncertainty like all these things that were right there in my face when i got on stage or when i you know talked opened my mouth those things went away and i always say you know it's god working in your life when it seems effortlessly like you do it like I still trip out today when people get inspired. I'm like, you're inspired by that? What? And I just know that it's not the power of me. It's the power of God that's inside of me. And so uh, to people listening, you know, whatever your faith is, just understand that, you know, even with purpose, you know, people are like, how do you find your purpose? And I'm like, well, God already created you on purpose and for purpose. I don't feel like purpose is something that you find in the world. I don't feel like the person down the street has it. I always talk about placement. Like, I feel like placement is what most people are searching for. But purpose is who you are. And um, the more you can tap into that, the more you can trust God. A lot of times we try to understand God before we trust him. And God is so amazing and intricate. Like, it's almost impossible. I don't know if we would ever under, fully understand. And so I didn't fully understand my calling. I didn't fully understand at that time in my life, like, why football ended. I was actually angry at God. Like, I literally, I was like, why would you bring me this far and all of these things, not knowing that he had a bigger calling and purpose and purpose bigger calling uh, for my life. And so it just took me trusting to take that step. And when I started Rehab Time, like just to kind of throw this out there for people who don't know, I was literally supposed to go to football the next day. I was on a stage speaking to kids and wasn't too many people watching videos. I mean, uh, barely anybody, like I wasn't getting booked to go speak anywhere. I didn't have any books out, anything like that. Like I started Rehab Time, but it was small. Nobody really knew except the people that were close to me pretty much. And a few people online and in most people's eyes, like this wasn't what I was created to do because we always like measure what we're created to do by numbers and by how many people follow us these days. And so anyways, I get off this stage and I just had a feeling like God speaking to me, like this is what you're, this is it like, this is it. But are you going to trust me? And I was in that crossword of like, okay, do I trust them or do I go back to what I know? And I wasn't like, I was struggling financially, just to be honest. Like my wife, Maria, she wasn't my wife at the time, but Maria was really holding our family down at that time. Like I was struggling bad and I'm blessed to have a wife um, that believed in me and supported me and was like, hey, you know, go do it. And I had conversations with my mom, even my friends, some of my friends didn't understand. Some of my friends were trying to talk me out of it. But to make a long story short, I made that choice in that moment. Even when I didn't fully understand, like, the whole plan for my life and for my journey. And I just leaned on Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. God has a plan for you. And uh, a plan to prosper you. And that decision, as soon as I made that decision, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to work out for everybody like this, but as soon as I made that decision, within four, five, six months, rehab time started to grow, you know, explode. And my life has never been the same since that moment. So I always say I trust God with everything, even when I fully don't understand what he's doing in my life.
0: Trent, it's incredible, man. We we just want to thank you again for coming on the show today. You've once again blown us away with your insight, your inspiration, and we just can't wait to see the amazing things you're going to do next, man.
2: Thanks, Brandon and Megan. I appreciate you for having me sharing your platform. And I want to tell you, you know, keep on doing it. You know, keep inspiring people. Uh, we need more people like us in the world. Um, my mom always told me, you know, we all are called to reach certain people. You know, there's people I can reach that you can't, vice versa. People that you can reach that I can't. But as long as we're, you know, having our mission to bring goodness into the world uh, will impact, you know, many lives. So I appreciate you guys for what you do.
1: We appreciate you too. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode?
0: I think it was pretty dang good.
1: Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes?
0: They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people.
1: They definitely should.
0: Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools and Love podcast.
1: We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear.